And the Oscar goes and to... And the Oscar goes and the Oscar to... Goes to. My only object in being here is to try and get at the truth. What shall I go? What shall I do? He's looking at you, kid. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I could have been a contender. Fasten your seat. I could have been somebody. They can only kill me with a golden bullet. What have I done? Call me Mr. Tibbs. I'm gonna make him an offer. Yeah. All real man. Love is, is love. too weak a word. Stay back. I, I love you. I love you. I love you. I did as you Don't laugh! If there's something wrong, it's wrong with the instructions. This ain't reality TV! Respect it and validate it. Remember that you told me? It's time, Robbie! Welcome to the next Best Picture Podcast. And the Oscar goes to Green Book. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Next Best Picture Podcast. I am your host, Matt Negley, at time of recording 11.14 a.m. on January 1st. Actually, no, January 19th, January 2020. 1st. Listen... I am so crisscrossed right now. It's like so much is happening, okay? So much happened just this week alone. I was in LA. I was in New York. I felt like I was in the bottom circles of hell for a little bit when Oscar nominations were announced. And now I feel like I'm in heaven because I'm here on the podcast talking with all of you. I am Matt Neglia, everybody, editor and chief of nextbestpicture.com. Joining me today to talk about the craziness of this condensed award season is Michael Schwartz. Hello, everyone. Bianca Gardner. Hello there. Casey Lee Clark. Hello. Dan Baer. You and I also sat through the hell that was Doolittle this week, so there's that. Oh, God. Why'd you have to bring that up? And Josh Parham. Hello, hello. Who also sat through Doolittle this week. Yeah, but I try and, I'm trying to forget that. Oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right, so the last time we were all here... We did a instant recap of the Oscar nominations. Uh, some of you were not on that uh, show to be able to give your thoughts. So I thought I would, you know, open up the floor here to allow you guys to give your reactions. I already know like, it feels like because of how much has already happened this week. Um, it just feels like talking about the Oscar nominations at this point feels like old news. But I still want to give you all an opportunity to just express, you know, how you're all feeling about it, how you feel the race is now going and yeah, have at it. So, uh, what'd you guys think of the Oscar nominations last week? I thought the Lawrence Oscar nominations were boring. <laughs> I feel like it was like disappointing things, but not surprising things. Mm. You know, like yeah. disappointing. I, I saw, I could see coming, and there was nothing that was like cool and exciting. Like we didn't have any like, oh, they never showed up in any precursors and randomly showed up. It was all kind of like, yeah, that could have happened. This has been widely uh, stated at this point, but I really, really do believe that this small voting window this year only allowed uh, Academy members to watch the screeners that were the most buzzed about movies. Mm -hmm. And I think we saw that so reflected in the nominations where it was the same movies receiving nominations across the board for the first time ever in the history of the Academy. Four films received double digit nominations. That's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So I think that that just says everything it needs to say at that point. Um, obviously, another really, really big takeaway was Joker leading the nominations with 11, uh, <laughs> something that I don't think anybody predicted would happen. Uh, excuse me. Excuse Michael me. Schwartz. Hello. Michael Schwartz Hello. definitely predicted that. And we all said he was crazy that they were not getting that many. That's how much I wrote it off. I don't even remember Michael saying that. <laughs> it just seemed like such an impossibility. 
There was a day probably about a week and a half ago where I sent a message to some of you saying, I really think Mark Bridges could get in for costume design. And you were all like, not a chance, not, never going to happen. <laughs> well, Mark Bridges just got a nomination. Yeah, Two-time he did. Oscar winner, Mark Bridges. And also uh, my doppelganger, for those of you that pay attention to my profile yes. picture on Twitter. Yes, he has jet ski and all. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. <laughs> You know, FYI, it is so funny to go back and watch the Oscar speeches from that year and everybody's referencing the jet ski. <laughs> it's a, it's yeah. amazing. You know, as for the acting nominations that we were just touching on, I would have loved to see people like Song Kang-ho and Chen get in. And, you know, a lot of these beloved performers who you know, really turned in the work this year. But of the 20 nominees, I got to say, 12 of the 20 people nominated. Well, I don't want to say people because ScarJo got two. But so twelve of the twenty nominated performances match with my own lineup. So I guess this just confirms that I am indeed an Academy member. <laughs> Michael, for those of you that don't know, is really a eighty-six-year-old man in the body of this young man. He's always been this way. Can confirm. Yeah. <laughs> I I have it on good authority that you might finally be, you know, kind of getting yourself ready to finally watch the Lighthouse. Is that true? Uh, this may be happening. Yes, I avoided what? it as long as I could. You're and such an I... old man. Oh my god, just watch it already. <laughs> no, old... old man means he's going method. to love it. All the old timey talk. <laughs> it's, in, it's in black and white, like the old yeah. movies were. Yeah, <laughs> like the old days. Yes, yes. But uh, that may be happening soon with the cinematography nomination. Uh, give a shout out to people like Kathy Bates, who is in. Richard mm-hmm. Jewell didn't love the movie, but she is really terrific in it and worthy yeah, of a comeback. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw that film recently, and I have some like same with Bombshell. I didn't like the movie, but the performances are amazing. Yeah, uh, and the makeup in Bombshell. I mean, geez, it was just so creepy. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> the other thing too, I mean, just uh, point out there, uh, Jennifer Lopez missing is probably one of the saddest uh, snubs of the year. Mostly because you could tell that she really, really wanted this. And, you know, I don't know when she'll get another opportunity to come back because this is the closest that she's ever come. So she will come back. You think so? She will come back. She'll be back with worthy words. Oh, Michael, the shade. Jesus, you old man. No, she'll be back and it's going to be a good performance. But it's just a matter of if the Academy wants to accept her in. Well, she needs to dislocate her knee in order to be considered oh my God. If, you know, a great actress, you know. No, she will get in when she takes a role in a musical and to see supporting part. She will be like the like Arena Moreno and West Side Story part. She will get in. She's she was never getting in for us. I'm sorry to everyone who was believing in her and wanted her nominated. She was never getting in for Hustlers. I think if Hustlers was more an across the board contender, maybe like a screenplay contender, costumes, things of that nature, I think that she would have had more of a shot, you know. But it's the moral ambiguity of that character. They only like their hookers with a heart of gold, and <laughs> they also only like uh, black performances if they're slaves, apparently, or so or maids. <laughs> Or made. So yeah. that's another thing, too. Oscar uh, so white. Uh, you know, it's funny because y- you would think that uh, if there wasn't a single person of color uh, nominee, we wouldn't be saying Oscar so white. We'd be saying Oscar all white. Um, so I guess that the Oscar so white hashtag definitely fits the uh, description here because it is so white. Um, when you have so many person of color performances that were 
actually in the conversation this year, like not on the outside hoping to get in. I mean, like really in the thick of it for just Cynthia Revo to uh, break in is disappointing to say the least. And it's really, really difficult because, you know, we, we added, uh, I say we, the Academy added all of these uh, thousands of new members to diversify uh, their membership. And we're still ending up with uh, very similar uh, types of patterns that we've seen before in the past, like no female directors nominated um, and also to lack of diversity in the acting uh, nomination. So I don't know what the answer is at this point in order to fix that issue. I will say, though, that I don't know if us complaining about it online and such is going to make a difference. Um, I, I, I've, I've talked to a couple people about this. I would propose personally, I, I would personally propose uh, that there be some sort of a logging system uh, put in place um, the same way that we log uh, what we watch on like Letterboxd, for example, that shows that we've seen uh, the movies that we've seen. And doesn't, uh, guys, for theater people, don't the Tonys have some sort of a system in place for something like that? Well, with the Tonys, it's, you know, a much smaller voting body than the Academy. And, you know, we're talking about 10,000 people here as opposed to the Tonys, which is, you know, yeah. probably under 100. Okay. All right. But still, I mean, I don't know. Because if you point blank ask someone, hey, did you not nominate, uh, di- you know, diverse members within your acting branches uh, because you're racist? They're going to say no. You know what I mean? Like... Then no one's gonna cough up to it. Well, I genuinely don't believe it. My favorite performance of the year. Yeah, right. And I think that there really is truth to that. I don't think people are intentionally avoiding these performers of color. I think they're just going for what happens to be their absolute favorite, and maybe they haven't seen these movies that otherwise would have made their ballots. And I think what is happening also, too, because I've seen this reflected a little bit even in our own personal awards, which we're gonna announce later on in the show here. I think what happens is there is a default group. Um, let's say you have five slots. There's like maybe three of them that are like the defaults, the front runners, the ones that like everybody uniformly like loves, right? And then you only have like two slots available for literally everybody else. And when you're, you know, putting in, uh, say, Michael, you put in like two people, but then Dan puts in two other people that um, are com- different from your two. And then Casey, you have two other people, and maybe one only overlaps with the other. Those votes can't accumulate collectively to match up with those solid core default ones that everybody has across the board in the end. You know what I mean? And we talked a lot about that this year, how it seemed like, especially in Best Actress, there were four slots Uh, that were like already taken up. And then it seemed like all of the people of color were fighting over that fifth slot. And that narrative, I think, held true all the way to the end. And it's just like, why? Yeah. I mean, well, there are reasons for each of those things. Like us, Lupita didn't get nominated John Bias. Lupita didn't get nominated for The Farewell because it was a tiny, tiny movie and it was mostly foreign language. I mean, there are reasons that each of these people didn't get nominated and it sucks yeah but like, no it does the, the, there are things that the academy likes and things that it doesn't like as much yeah like archival documentaries so apollo right. 11 <laughs> <laughs> right and the the opportunity is not there for performers of color in the types of roles in movies that the academy likes yeah 
We'll leave it on that thought for now. Obviously, we're going to continue to talk about the Oscar nominations as we get closer and closer because, you know, they're obviously a part of the conversation now as we continue to move through all these different guilds. Um, I want to just uh, quickly say the last time that we were on the show here, um, we were talking about the Critics' Choice Awards, but we didn't actually talk about what had won there. And um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won Best Picture that evening. Uh, the acting winners were the same four that we've seen so far. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix, Renee Zellweger, uh, Brad Pitt, and Laura Dern. Best director uh, was a tie uh, between Sam Mendes and Bong Joon-ho. And, you know, we've seen Critics' Choice uh, do ties before in the past, so they had quite they a few had three on the ties night. that night. <laughs> yeah, it, it's not so surprising. Screenplay categories went to Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Greta Gerwig for Little Women. Now, that's an interesting one. Uh, that I think we all need to watch out for right now. Even though Adapted is extremely competitive with Irishman Jojo Rabbit, um, also in there with Best Picture uh, nominations, um, I, I, I do think that there is a groundswell kind of a feeling right now to give Gerwig, I hate saying consolation prize, but let's call it what it is. It does sort of feel like that, considering <laughs> she did Miss Director. Screenplay can always end up being like a consolation yeah. prize, you know, Agreed. like Barry yeah. Jenkins, yeah. Spike Lee, things like that. Of and course, also, yeah. Outside of the director snub, Little Women did do well. At of course. It got six nominations. I mean, yeah. it yeah. did really, really well, all things I mean, considered. So did JoJo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JoJo yeah. overperformed uh, greatly, I yeah, think. Yeah, honestly. So, you know, not much else to really take away, I don't think, from Critics' Choice. I like always looking at what wins the uh, technical uh, categories, but this year it was a little interesting because um, Best Editing, for example, went to 1917, and that is a nominated. Costume Design went to uh, Rufy Carter for Dolomite Is My Name, and she wasn't nominated. Uh, I know, right? Travesties. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Visual Effects went to Avengers Endgame, and we all know how the... uh, Academy feels about Marvel in that uh, category, so it's like, what do you do there? You pick 1917. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Hildor uh, won again for Joker um, over Thomas Newman, so now she has Critics' Choice and Golden Globe, and Newman's final and last shot to get any kind of momentum heading into Oscar night is to win at BAFTA, which is You know what? I crazy. do think he's going to win at BAFTA, and that will translate over to the Oscars, because if 1917 is indeed the front runner there... I think that comes along for the ride. More on that in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely I definitely hear you on that one for sure. Uh, speaking of other developments, you know, throughout the week here, uh, the American Cinema Editors, ACE, uh, handed out their awards for the best edited films of 2019. Uh, the two big winners there in the comedy category was Tom Eagles for Jojo Rabbit and Yay. Jinmo Yang for Parasite in the drama category. These are the best winners. I'm so happy. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, I am so, so happy that the Guild went for that movie. There's a great video on YouTube. I think it's Nerd Writer that did it. Um, and it's actually mm-hmm. about something called Parasite's Perfect Montage. And yes. I think it's a great example of showcasing just how wonderfully edited Parasite really is. Um, so, so I was edited. super ecstatic that it won this award here. Um, the ACE does have a great track record. Um, in terms of predicting, uh, you know, what will take away the Oscar. I'm sorry, the Oscar for Best Film Editing. But, I mean, it's interesting because Critics' Choice, like I said, 1917, not nominated. So now it's like we're going to look at BAFTA and see what BAFTA does. And I think that'll be very interesting. Parasite does not have a BAFTA nomination for editing. Exactly. So the question is, what will win there? Parasite is brilliantly edited. I love that it won here. You know, there is fantastic work going on there. But at the same time, justice for Thelma. 
Sure. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think I, I do think she's going to still win the Oscar as the way to reward the Irishman that evening. I think that's the one win that it takes home. And she is just so beloved and doing what she did with that three and a half hour movie, I think, is just monumental. I will say I I could see that. I, I'm, I'm I, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I think I, I have this feeling Irishman is the next Gangs of New York. Well, I think the problem with the Irishman with its editing, it, it's very well edited and it's a really great job, obviously, that she does. But it's not very flashy editing. And we just yeah. don't see those types of winners in this category. And honestly, I think even if the guild who loves Thelma didn't go for the Irishman, I really don't see the Oscars doing that. So then what is the flashy choice here? Is it Parasite? I, is it's it Parasite or Four View Ferrari? I think it's Parasite yeah, or Four View Ferrari, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a world where Ford v. Ferrari takes uh, everything but Best Picture, uh, the both sounds and the editing. I be undeserved, but yeah. Bet against a war movie Best Picture. No, I'm just saying it. There is a world. I'm not predicting it, but it could happen. You know, yeah. especially if they want to, you know, create a scenario where everything walks away with something. I mean, you know, Irishman could still win visual effects, maybe. You know, I mean. There are things still at play here. I don't think anything is set in stone, but we've seen we've seen movies go over ten before. So you know, I I remember in 2016 we saw Arrival take editing, sound editing, and uh, Hacksaw Ridge take sound mixing. Yeah, and everyone thought Hacksaw Ridge was going to take both. So it is possible that maybe Ford versus Ferrari takes editing. Oh, I I totally think it's possible. Yeah. Absolutely, I can see 1917 missing one of the sounds, but not both. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, agreed, agreed. Uh, and now the big one this week: Producers Guild of America. Last night, 1:30 in the morning, PGA. It went to 1917. I told y'all. You did. You did tell me, Dan and Ryan. Ryan, if you're listening right now, you tried to tell me over the phone, and I rallied against you and said, "No, it's a DGA <laughs> movie. It's not going to win the PGA." And I was wrong. I apologize. <laughs> I told you this movie is peaking at the exact right time. It. it they were smart to release it the way they did. When they did, they got those early screenings in for guild members. They extended wide after the Golden Globe. It's doing. Boffo box office. I'm telling you. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. brilliant how they've done it. I haven't seen something like this happen since Million Dollar Baby. And like, this is really good news for Universal because they fucking need it. Well, uh, let's just say they did win Best Picture last year. So, you know, they're doing fine on that front. That is true. That is true. I want to just say this too. Um, everyone was talking last night, even before the announcement of PJ, people were saying, whatever wins tonight, the race is over. And then once 1917 won, I saw so many people saying the race is over. 1917 is winning Best Picture. And I'm like, guys, guys, can everyone chill? There have been movies that have won the PGA and did not win the Oscar for Best Picture. Uh, La La Land, The Big Short, uh, Apollo 13. I mean, like, I, I, I could think of a few. I mean, Apollo 13, for goodness sake, won the PGA and the DGA. <laughs> You know, and SAG Ensemble. Yeah, and La La Land did the same thing as well. Uh, not SAG Ensemble, but PGA and DGA. So... I think what's more important to look at is what other film, because I think we're all pretty convinced that Sam Mendes is going to win the DGA. Probably, oh, yeah. yeah. But the question then becomes, like I said, Parasite winning ACE was very interesting because mm -hmm. if it wins SAG Ensemble tonight and if it also wins WGA, 
you know, that's a lot of ammunition to be bringing into the evening against 1917, hypothetically speaking. And now if it doesn't do that, and let's say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood wins uh, SAG Ensemble tonight, um, Hollywood will have uh, Critics' Choice, which obviously, you know, doesn't matter because there's no overlap with the Academy. Uh, but, you know, that SAG Ensemble stat might mean something. And it's interesting because both films don't have editing nominations. I, I I just don't think this race is over by a long shot at all. I think 1917 no. winning last night proved that there is still a race to be had because it's not nominated for things like SAG Ensemble because it's probably not going to win the WGA. And we don't know what's going to happen at DGA and BAFTA, even though it's leaning more heavily in 1917's favor right now. True, yeah. but it winning PGA is very, very big for it because mm-hmm. it's the only precursor that uses a preferential ballot. So yeah. the fact that that movie could win in that system says a tremendous amount. And with the exception of Knives Out, all of the PGA nominees overlapped with the Oscar uh, nominees this year. Exactly. But you know when is the, um, the last time a situation like that happened? Hmm. It was 2016 when La La Land won. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Let's also remember, too, the Producers Guild of America also is um, smaller than the Academy voting uh, body as well. Yeah. So there's also that to factor in. Um, yeah, I don't – I'm not ready yet to say this race is over. Instead, I am ready to say I think the race has only just begun. Yeah, I don't know how you could say a movie that doesn't have any acting nominations and no editing nomination is the front runner, like locked and loaded to win Best Picture. Yeah. Hi guys, I'm Dean. And I'm Daniel. And we're from the Movie Journey Podcast. Where we break down every movie from the IMDb Top 250 list, giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way. We're also home of the Pod V Pod, where we battle other podcasters in various movie games and drafts. We also do reviews of new releases, film tournaments, top five lists, and talk about everything else we've watched as well. We used to be the IMDb Journey podcast, but since then, we've grown and matured with age. Yeah, if you don't believe us, why don't you listen to some more genuine testimonies? Oh, hey guys, I uh, I used to like the IMDb Journey podcast, but since then, I've found something even better. It's the Movie Journey podcast. Oi, bro, I know I said the IMDb Journey podcast was a good show, but the Movie Journey podcast is so much better. Absolutely, for sure, yeah. You know, I used to think that nothing could be funnier than IMDb Journey, but I've now found my joy in Movie Journey podcast. The IMDb Journey podcast is nothing compared to the Movie Journey podcast. Absolutely love this podcast. <laughs> oh, amazing oh, testimonies once again. Absolutely legit and real. Of course. And if you still don't believe those testimonies, go ahead and check out the show for yourself by searching for the Movie Journey podcast. You can find us on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. So come along and join our journey. So, moving on from that, uh, shall we uh, give some predictions for the rest of the week? Yeah. Let's take a look and see what's going on here. Um, let's save uh, SAG for the end, actually. What do you guys think is winning DGA? We have Bong Joon-ho, Sam Mendes, Martin Scorsese, Quentin Tarantino, and Taika Waititi. I, it feels like it's the consensus Sam is Mendes. Mendes. Yeah. 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 And I think the I think only I... person that could really challenge him is Bong. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Going to the ferryman himself. 
I mean, I wouldn't be shocked at Tarantino either. I kind of feel like either one of those three is would be the expected outcome. But I think considering that triumph at PGA with 1917, that just gave him an extra boost here. I, I think 1917 is pulling a save in Private Ryan. I think it's winning PGA, DGA. I think Mendez is going to win the Oscar for directing. I think something else is taking picture. I could just, like, I feel it. If Parasite ends up taking the SAG Ensemble tonight, which we'll talk about in a little bit, if that happens, then I'd be more inclined to believe there's yeah. a real, not that we don't have a race, but more of a race than, you know, I think we're all anticipating. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, I think it's Sam Mendez all the way. He's going to win BAFTA. I think he's win DGA. I, 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 you know, he he will sweep, I think, the whole season uh, for directing prizes, probably. Oh, Yeah. American Society of Cinematographers, ASC. Uh, congratulations, Roger Deakins, on another <laughs> yeah. win. Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> <laughs> Although, then again... Not when it's Deakins. What? You do have things like Cold War beating Roma and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, but that was a director shooting his own movie. And yeah. I know, I know. Do that. This is Roger Deakins. I know, I know. I'm just saying that. If Roger that. Deakins wasn't winning the Oscar, he would be winning this. Remember when Lion won over La La Land? Yeah, but I didn't think La La Land was going to win that anyway. Fair enough. Uh, what do you guys think is winning the Annie Award for Best Feature? We have Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon, Klaus, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Toy Story 4. Yeah, Toy Story 4. I would still it's... say Toy Story 4 with this group. I'm still yeah. not 100% convinced with the Oscar, but I think with this group it is going to be that. Josh, I want to just hear you out on that because it did win the PGA last night. It's also won the Critics' Choice. It, it did lose the Golden Globe to Missing Link, but um, just what are you feeling right now in regards to that? Who, what do you think is the challenger to Toy Story 4? I really do think it is Missing Link right now. And the reason is because I get that Toy Story 4 has a lot of support and it's like the default front runner, but I feel like there's still a resistance from the general Academy to give this award to sequels and especially to one that was so revered beforehand. And I just can't shake this feeling that you're going to get an Academy member looking at the ballot and not wanting to give something that has four in the title. And (laughs) if it's not going to be the other sequel, which is how to train your dragon, and it's not going to really be the indie fair, which they've never really gone for missing link is the one that can fill that spot. And I, I just have this feeling that, Toy Story 4 is not quite the solid front runner that we think it is. But then how do you yeah. explain them giving it to the movie that had three in the title? Well, that was nominated because, for Best Picture, and it was yeah. treated as like this is the conclusion of this epic story that we've been telling with these characters. I, and I besides think- which, the first two weren't able to have gotten the animated feature war because it, it, it was exactly. not exist. Yeah. Yeah, there was like this epic emotional conclusion to Toy Story 3 that helped that movie a lot, which just isn't here for Toy Story 4. Like, people like it. It's very well respected. And it doesn't surprise me that it's winning in these guilds that are very populous. But I just don't know if that is going to translate to the Academy that much. I would probably lose everything in my body. Like, it would just come out of me. Yes, I am talking about shitting. If I lost my body, one, over... Everything else that was nominated. I mean, I would too, Matt. I just, I feel like that movie's just a little too small. I love that film. It is my preference in the category, but I can't have quite that. Much it faith. really would be a Spirited Away esque, like, kind of a win that you just look back on and you're like, how the hell did that happen? You know? I mean, it would be more surprising even than that because at least Spirited yeah. Away was yeah. Miyazaki. 
you know, who yeah, had true. Like true. of his own. Yeah, I feel like Missing Link would be the Miyazaki because it's um, Laika. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, which they've never missed a nomination before. They're clearly well-liked and outside yeah. of Toys, Although- they're the only one that have a major award. But something else to also keep in mind is Missing Link does not have a BAFTA nomination. And... I don't know. I just I, I BAFTA has a really, really good track record of lining up with best animated feature. Um, really good. They've only missed, I think, like two times, um, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I, I would I would look towards what wins at BAFTA personally. I mean, I'm, I'm not like solidly predicting it right now, but it's just one of the things that's in my mind, you know, fair uh, MPSC motion pictures, sound editors uh, are announcing uh, today, actually. Uh, so for that, we, we tend to look at the sound effects Foley uh, category there. It's 1917 Avengers Endgame, Ford v. Ferrari, A Hidden Life. Okay. John Wick, Chapter <laughs> 3, Parabellum, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. Um, do we think it's 1917 or Ford v. Ferrari? I honestly don't know. Probably 1917. They really like their war. They like their guns, bombs, and things. 1917's got good sound. It has. It does. Yeah, I thought in Dolby it was a good time. (laughs) Honestly, if I was going to give it to anything, I'd I'd actually probably give it to Ford v. Ferrari over 1917. Something about those racing sequences and when they use sound, it's it's really well done. Yeah. Watch it beat John Wick. That would make me so happy. John Wick would be amazing. I would <laughs> I would love that. And I'm still kind of disappointed that John Wick was not able to even get a sound editing nomination. But that's neither here nor there. I think John Wick will forever be, you know, revered, regardless of which. Um, Cinema Audio Society are also taking place uh, this week, January 25th. It seems like everything is happening on January 25th. Uh, over there, we have Ford v. Ferrari, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Rocket Man, and The Irishman. All right, now between between you all and me, I have this feeling Joker's going to win that. It wouldn't surprise me. You know what also wouldn't surprise me would be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, for mixing. Yeah, I you know and it, it would be it would be great. You know, Dan, you saying John Wick winning sound editing and it doesn't doesn't have an Oscar nomination there. Um, wouldn't it be awesome if Rocket Man took this and then it's like we head into Oscar night not knowing? I would just love for these to go to something that wasn't nominated for an Oscar just to fuck everything up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, I'm very much a Chaos Reigns feeling towards these I mean, there's very little else to root for. Like, why not? <laughs> All right. And then the uh, last one, USC Scripter. Uh, so over there, we have Dark Waters, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Little Women, and The Two Popes. I mean... Guys, just basically, what do you guys think is winning adapted screenplay? I don't underestimate Dark Waters. Seriously. Because he's a USC grad. And last year they gave this to, what was it, Leave No Trace? Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, so like before that happened, I would always say whatever is your adapted screenplay prediction, go with that. But... Last year, kind of threw that out the window. So I would still lean towards Little Women, but honestly, would not be shocked with any outcome. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I'm going with Taika. It's perfectly logical too. <laughs> I would love that. I think that adapted really is between Taika and Greta right now, and I, I, I don't know between the two, but I would venture to say I think Taika is going to win something somewhere, whether it's the BAFTA or here. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll go with Taika for now. I have no basis for this, literally none, because I think it's like a coin flip between the two of them. Now, watch it be Anthony McCartan. <laughs> well, I think it's going to be Steven Zillion. Oh, you do? I do. I think USC is going to go for him. BAFTA is going to go their own way, and Oscar is going to go to Taika. And who do you have winning WGA? I, I don't, I'm not quite sure yet. Yeah, it's it, this is uh, honestly this might be the most competitive uh, category at the Oscars. In all honesty, I'm trying to think because I don't have that uh, the nominees off the top of my head for that. So let's see. Adapted, we have. I don't think it's going to be Beautiful Day. I don't think it's going to be Joker. I don't think it's going to be Little Women. Uh, you know, I think jo- Jojo Rabbit will win the WGA. Yeah, I mean, one thing that Taika and Greta uh, both have working in their favor here is that they're both uh, the directors of their movies. Uh, we have seen ever since the era of the preferential ballot, um, this category, the screenplays I'm referring to, like this and original, tend to favor uh, the directors. Um, unless if you have a sweeper like uh, Call Me By Your Name or Aaron Sorkin for The Social Network, you know, so who it, have it, their own like brand and legacy. Yeah, them. exactly. Like they had their own narratives about them. Exactly. Like it, it almost it, I know David Fincher directed the social network, but that movie felt like it was Aaron Sorkin's movie as much as it was David Fincher's. You know what I mean? Yeah. And same thing also with um, call me by your name. Y- yeah, ex- yeah. Like he could have practically have directed that film at another time, you know? Yeah. So. I, I think that it's between those two. I, I, I have to rule out Zalian at this point. I mean, I really I feel like I have to. For the for the Oscar or for WGA? Happening. For the Oscar. I, I don't think he's going to win the Oscar just because of how we saw the breakdown with Greta and Taika, even though I did have him predicted at a time. But I would be really heartbroken to see a season go by where he doesn't get the recognition. So that's why I think it's going to be at well, USC for the scripter. Well, Michael, if you were alive in 1993, you could have enjoyed his run for Schindler's List, at least. <laughs> you know, <laughs> hey, He is one of the best writers of the last 25 years. He is. Years, so he is. I, I'm happy to see him get the record. All the King's Men aside, he is. <laughs> <laughs> that movie sucks. <laughs> Look, prepare to get your heart uh, broken, Michael. I don't think he's winning anything. I don't I, I don't think so either. Because I think if Irishman was a number one or number two film for Best Picture, then I would say Yes. But because it's so clearly yeah. like been established now that it's like the also ran four five yeah yeah like the juggernaut that leave no trace was oof <laughs> okay all right that's you old man you let's uh move over to uh, the SAG uh, nominations so SAG awards are this evening uh let's let's really dial in on this because listen I was talking to Michael about this last night. And I think it is very, very easy to say that it's going to be the same four acting uh, winners, Renee, Joaquin, Pitt, and Dern. But, I mean, is there a but? I don't think with SAG. Well, if there's a but, it comes in the form of Scarlett Johansson. Agreed. Cannot agree more. I don't predict it, but she has two nominations there, and, you know... I think if anyone is vulnerable, it's Renee. <sighs> Not predicting, just say. Yeah. I would feel so much better about predicting somebody else to overtake Renee if Sersha was nominated. Agreed. But, hey, double nominations for Scarlet, you know, that doesn't mean – it doesn't mean nothing. Agreed. I just don't expect SAG to be the group to break rank with this, though. I, I think maybe BAFTA would, but I don't think SAG is really the place to look for that. 
I, yeah, I think that Renee is going to win tonight. I think she is most vulnerable at BAFTA. And I think that if we're going to see a surprise there, I actually feel it in my bones uh, that Sersha could beat her at BAFTA. Scarlett's best chance, I think, to beat her is tonight. I don't see a scenario where Scarlett beats her at BAFTA. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, no. If anyone's going to beat her at BAFTA, it's going to be Sersha or uh, Jesse Buckley. Hmm. But she's going to win at BAFTA. It's it's a British movie. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I way any of these four are realistically losing for the rest of the season it's it's preordained this is how it's going to be it's all of their coronations and just that's the mood of the season and fucking hate it, but that's the way it is okay whatever whatever possibility just throwing it out there so that it can be set on record do we think that there is a chance that they might go for the elder statesman in Joe Pesci potentially over Pitt because Pesci's never won a sack before? I could see. I think this is the one place that I think it could happen, especially with how big the votership is at SAG. I think that that could be a factor, but I would if it just Pesci or Pacino, but I don't. Yeah, they might cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah. Is anybody still thinking that Joaquin loses to Driver at all? No, no. Yeah, uh, I just think that's a wise not decision. A sag. Yeah, not a sag. Uh, okay, so then moving over to the ensemble categories. Then uh, for stunt ensemble, Avengers Endgame, Ford v Ferrari, The Irishman, Joker, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, what do we think there? I'm thinking Avengers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it did do. Uh, wasn't it Black Panther last year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that also that was different. That one SAG Ensemble as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I I kind of feel maybe Ford v Ferrari. I was thinking I think the same thing. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I oh know, yeah, because like, what... it's a movie about stuntmen, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah. That, that could be. But I'm just like I don't. None none of these films have. A whole lot of stunts except adventures. Yeah, like, that's yeah, sort of my like thinking the most too. work, you know. It just seems so weird that the Irishman is there. I just can't get over that. Me neither. <laughs> um it would make a hell of a lot more sense to me if nineteen seventeen was here, but we all know the reason why that and Little Women are both absent was because of the uh late you know, the condensed season. So yeah, I'll, I'll say Avengers Endgame. Why not? It'd be great if Irishman won that, wouldn't <laughs> it? It would just be like so random. Wait, imagine it wins that category, but it doesn't then win the ensemble category itself. Like, so weird. (laughs) All right, so then for best ensemble, Bombshell, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Hollywood again. Yeah, I still think it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's where I'm going with also. It's back and forth between that and Parasite to me with like a spoiler for Jojo, but... Right now, just because that cast is so big and has so many recognizable people in it, I'm still going to go with Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And also, it's about actors. That that too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to just be different and say Parasite. This way, in case if I'm right, I can say I was the one person that predicted it. I mean, <laughs> I'm the runner-up. Yeah, like, I think that's a... That's a possibility, too. I'm not counting it out. I just think that Hollywood might have the slight edge. I said this before last night with PJ. I'll say it again here. It's definitely my head says Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for all the reasons that you all just said. I just I, I 
I don't know what it is. That ACE win uh, for Parasite is literally screwing with my brain right now because mm-hmm. I, yeah. it, it signals to me that there is a world where Parasite wins that ADG, which we know it's going to win for contemporary production design. Um, this and WGA, because Tarantino's not nominated there. To me, it's like in terms of like a self-fulfilling prophecy, what makes a lot of sense is Parasite coming in with um, definitely some guild support into the evening against 1917. But I could also see a world where Hollywood also wins the production design guild. It wins here. It also, uh, well, I can't win WGA because he's not nominated, but I, hmm. It's a race. Yeah. Um, it is I'm, a race. I mean, Tarantino probably win BAFTA. Uh, Bastards also did win uh, this category. So, hmm. Hmm. No, I'm going to stick with Parasite for now. I, I, I'm getting kind of a slumdog millionaire kind of a vibe uh, in regards to Parasite potentially, you know, winning here, you know? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it's close between those two movies, and I just think that One Spot Time in Hollywood just has the advantage, but would not surprise me in the slightest if Parasite won, and I would be delighted if it did. It is my favorite ensemble of the year. Yeah. One other thing I want to ask, because this was a surprise for all of us, The Irishman won Best Ensemble at Critics' Choice, and do we just think that there could be this level of just respect for De Niro, Pacino, Pesci to give it an ensemble win here as well. It wouldn't I would surprise have said me. that, but no. Was that the only thing that it won at Critics' Choice? It was, and it was considered a surprise. Like, I mean, they were also shocked as hell, too. Mm. Yeah, um, I don't see that happening. That feels like one of those weird Critics' Choice picks that, like, they just need to get another movie and award to say that they gave it something. Hmm. I do think it's in third. I think that idea isn't far off. Plus it being something that was on Netflix. A lot of people saw it. I think that especially with how SAG looks now and how big it is. I think the bigger your movie was is helpful. Yeah. See, I actually think Jojo was ahead of Irishman. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll officially, officially, uh, predict parasite, but I, I know deep, I know deep in my blood. It's going to be once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean, Parasite's a good prediction though. Yeah. And I hope you're right, man. I really do. I mean, yeah. Either way, we have a race. Because whatever wins here, I think, is the challenger in 1917. So. Yeah. All righty. We'll see what happens. Moving off of that. So that will do it for everything that's happening over uh, the next week here. Uh, Let's move over to uh, NBP Awards, shall we? Yes. Yeah. Getting excited? Yeah. Oh, always. I love that. <laughs> Hi, everyone. This is Tim Costa. I'm Hermano da Silva. And this is Walter Vinci. And together, we are the First Time Watchers Podcast. Each week, we choose a movie to review that none of us has seen. Watch it together. And then discuss. These movies could be new. Or old. Or on our list of shame. You can find us on iTunes by searching for the First Time Watchers Podcast. As well as on Stitcher. And we love interacting with our listeners. So if you have any suggestions, send us a tweet. An email. Or post to our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. That's right. I mean, it's all about interaction. And talk about what we love. Movies. 
And you don't have to worry about us going on and on about this and that and the other. And oh, no, look, no, let's no, no. talk stop, about stop, this minute. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. I wonder who the cat that can watch. Damn it, shut up. I think that's enough. Oh, my God. Go by during the credits. So, these are our nominations, okay? For the staff of Next Best Picture, the community uh, has had their uh, nominations uh, listed off yesterday on Twitter by myself. And I got to say, I was really, really proud of the community for the choices that they uh, selected. Very, very, very proud. proud. Yeah. I thought mm-hmm. you guys did an amazing job. Uh, voting for that is currently uh, open as of today. And that will uh, continue for two weeks uh, until February 1st. So February 1st, you guys can vote, and then the winners will be listed off on February 2nd, a week before the Oscars. And also, too, another ballot was sent out for, you know, purposes of fun, uh, both internally to the staff here and also to the community uh, for the 2010s to vote on the best of the decade. So for those of you that just love saying what your favorites are, uh, feel free to fill out a ballot on that and send those in. Uh, We will be announcing those uh, probably... Later date. I, I Those are going to be probably after the Oscars, if anything, uh, just to give us something to talk about uh, in the uh, weeks after. So feel free to take some time with that. Uh, you can definitely find all of those on the blog page of nextbestpicture.com in the sidebar. Just head on over to the uh, link that says NBP Community Awards, and it will take you to the relevant uh, blog posts that have those listed. Okay, here we go. Ah. <sighs> You guys. Oh my god. You guys kill me. Best original song. Nominees voted on by the staff of Next Best Picture are Into the Unknown from Frozen 2. Show Yourself from Frozen 2. Justice. Stand Up from Harriet. I'm Gonna Love Me Again from Rocket Man. And Glasgow from Wild Rose. Hell yeah. Justice. Yes. <laughs> well, a single one of my picks made it in. For best original score, nominees are 1917, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, and Us. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. I like that I like Us. That. Yeah. So which one of the Oscar five did we not pick? Uh, the one the Oscar <laughs> five that we, oh, the Star Wars. Okay, yeah. that's that's appropriate no wonder I forgot about it (laughs) for best visual effects 1917 Ad Astra yes 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 Avengers Endgame The Irishman and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker so happy about Ad Astra yeah for best sound editing 1917 Ad Astra. Yes. Avengers Endgame, Ford v. Ferrari, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. All right. All right. For sound mixing, 1917. Ad Astra, <laughs> Ford v. Ferrari, Rocket Man, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, who dropped the ball for uncut gems and sound? Yeah. Seriously. Who, who did that? <laughs> the sound makes that movie. Agreed. 
But hey, Ad Astra, I mean, come on. I, no, mm-hmm. Not complaining about Ad not Astra. Guys, I'm telling you right now, count your blessings because hearts will be broken in a little bit. Ooh. For best makeup and hairstyling, 1917, Bombshell, The Irishman, Judy, and Little Women. Little Women. Oh. Aww. Very happy about Little Women. Good hair. Good bangs. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Costume design. Dolomite is my name. Yes. The Irishman. Little Women. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Rocket Man. Oh, oh, hey, that's my whole lineup right there. Very nice. Yeah. For best production design. 1917. The Irishman. Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. So we got Little Women in there. Nice. All good. Yeah. But, you know, like like Oscars, I would have liked to see Joker in there for production design. Eh. I'm fine with that missing. <laughs> for best film editing. 1917. Yes. Ford v. Ferrari. The Irishman. Parasite. And uncut gems. And we also did not go for Hollywood. Well, it doesn't deserve it. <laughs> no, but it's just it's just interesting. It's just an observation I'm making. For best cinematography. 1917. Ad Astra. Wow. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> oh my god. The lighthouse. Oh yes. amazing. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Ugh. Okay. And Portrait of a Lady <gasps> on Fire. Yes, yes, yes! Oh my god, this lineup is so great. I love I you all. So <laughs> I was so scared. Oh. Again, good stuff. But you all see Little Women? <laughs> I, I'm pouring one out for Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah. But... And Midsummer. Oh, Midsummer's <laughs> cinematography is uh, so. I got to give a shout out to the community. Uh, for getting Midsummer in their cinematography lineup, yeah. that was that was baller. <laughs> that was amazing. For best original screenplay, nominees are The Farewell, Knives Out, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Can't really complain uh, about that. I, yeah, I, I can't complain about that because <laughs> books and loose. No, loose is adapted. Never mind. For best adapted screenplay. Nominees are A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Get it, Dan. <laughs> the Irishman. Jojo Rabbit. Little Women. And The Two Popes. Ah, Two Popes. Porn one out for Loose. Porn one out for Loose, yeah. So jipped. For Best Debut Director. Maddie Diop for Atlantics. Yes. Yes. Alma Harrell for Honey Boy. <gasps> Tyler Nilsson and Michael Schwartz for The Peanut Butter Falcon. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I call vote tampering. <laughs> Joe Talbot for The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yes. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> and Olivia Wilde for Booksmart. Awesome. Nice. Great nice. lineup. A diverse lineup, Josh. FYI. Yeah. For best breakout performance, Julia Fox in Uncut Gems. Yay. Yeah. 
really great. Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit. Yes. There you go. Kelvin Harrison Jr. for Loose. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. God. Noah Jupe for Honey Boy. Obviously. Right. Yep. <laughs> and Jonathan Majors for The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Yeah. So, so happy. Yay. <laughs> for Best Voiceover Performance, nominees are Kristen Bell for Frozen 2. Awesome. Billy Eichner for The Lion King. Well done. The best part That's, of that movie. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> Tony Hale for Toy Story 4. Yay, Forky. Yes. <laughs> Tom Hanks for Toy Story 4. Well done. And completing the Disney lineup to end all Disney lineups, Idina Menzel for Frozen 2. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have liked a little bit more variety we'll in there. consider but... that for Uncut Gems. <laughs> for best... Youth performance. Nominees are Julia Butters for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes. Roman Griffin Davis for Jojo Rabbit. Hey. Noah Jupe for Honey Boy. Thomas and McKenzie for Jojo Rabbit. Yes. And Archie Yates for Jojo Rabbit. Yorkie. <laughs> Yorkie. For Best Supporting Actress. The nominees are Jennifer Lopez for Hustlers, Florence Pugh for Little Women, Margot Robbie for Bombshell, Zhao Shuzhen for The Farewell, and Octavia Spencer for Loose. Yes! Yes! I'm calling my attorney to sue on behalf of Laura Dern. No. I had her in for the other one, Michael. (laughs) I had her in for both. Laura Dern was a victim of vote splitting. Wow. Mm. What was the last name again, Matt? I was so (laughs) obsessed with Laura Dern. Octavia Spencer for Loose. Okay. Oh, I'm very happy about that. (laughs) So Lopez, Pugh, Robbie, Shuzen, and Spencer. I mean, it's a pretty awesome lineup. Yeah. For Best Supporting Actor, the nominees are Song Kang Ho for Parasite. Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Yay! Shia LaBeouf for Honey Boy. Yes! Fuck yes! Al Pacino for The Irishman. I don't like where this is going. And Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Oh, I really don't like where that went. (laughs) Wow. Again, uh, Mr. Pitt, where are you? Mr. Majors, where are you? Mr. Defoe. Yeah. 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 I'm curious if Defoe also got votes in lead. Uh, no. No. Okay. Yeah. For best actress, Aquafina for The Farewell. Yep. Scarlett mm. Johansson for Marriage Story. Lupita Nyongo for Us. Yes. Sersha Ronan for Little Women. And Renee Zellweger for Judy. (laughs) For best actor, Robert De Niro for The Irishman. Thank God. Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Brilliant. Adam Driver for Marriage Story. Brilliant. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker. 
Oh, thank God. I was worried that everyone's going to drop the ball on that. (laughs) Whatever. Okay. (laughs) And Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. Okay. That is the best lineup. That is the best lineup. Five for five. Perfect, perfect, perfect. (laughs) For best ensemble, The Irishman, Knives Out, Little Women, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Perfect. That that is a good lineup. I like that lineup. For best director... Greta Gerwig for Little Women. <gasps> Yay. Yay. Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Yay. Sam Mendes for 1917. Yay. Mm-hmm. Josh and Benny Safdie for uh, Uncut Gems. Yeah. Oh. My boy. Awesome. <laughs> and Martin Scorsese for The Irishman. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Celine Siama, no sale. for best overlooked film the nominees are blinded by the light oh i did it britney runs a marathon so happy the last black man in san francisco Mm -hmm. loose and waves Oh, that is yes. better than any best picture lineup anyone has done this year. I just <laughs> oh, all of them. All of them. Can we just have them all win? <laughs> For best sci-fi horror film. Ad Astra. The Lighthouse. Midsommar. Ready or Not. Yeah. And Us. It's a great lineup. We should have put you a know, <laughs> Matt, I was thinking about putting the Lion King in there just to mess with you. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty horror. I could tell, Michael, based on uh, the sci-fi horror lineup, even though the ballots are anonymous, I could tell which ballot was yours, FYI. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best comedy. Booksmart. Dolomite is my name. Yes. Jojo Rabbit. Knives Out. And Late Night. Ooh. Ooh, wow. I'm surprised that uh, enough people on the staff remembered that movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm glad. I love that film. I just didn't expect it. For best action film, 1917, Avengers Endgame, Captain Marvel, <sighs> Spider-Man Far From Home, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Oh, come on. There's better action films out there. Where's John Wick? I know. Oh, yeah. What? Don't, don't get me started, Bianca. I know. I, I'll i be honest. I, I bet none of, enough of us saw John Wick. I, I agree. Yeah. Because it's the third movie. If you haven't seen the first two, why are you going to see it? Right, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> I'm playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Best documentary. American Factory. Apollo 11. For Sama. Yes. Honeyland. And One Child Nation. Oh, that's a good lineup. I agree. Best International Feature. Atlantics. Les Miserables. Yeah. Pain and Glory. Parasite. And Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, I was so worried. Portrait. <laughs> it wasn't going to get mentioned. Exact and then line. I was just going to exact... quit up. <laughs> exact lineup I expected. And I'm very sad for Invisible Life right yeah, now. Yeah, Dan, we tried. We tried. <laughs> Uh, For Best Animated Film, Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. Great lineup. 
Yep, usual suspects, but it's hard to complain. Yeah. And the 10 films nominated for Best Picture amongst the staff here at Next Best Picture for 2019 are 1917, The Farewell, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, The Lighthouse. Oh my god! (laughs) Little Women, Marriage Story, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite. Oh my god. And Uncut Gems. Oh Oh, wow. This is how I win. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, Matt, remind me, did, did you just say Knives Out in there? Knives Out is not in there. Uh, okay, wow. so that's the one that I missed. I was checking to see that. Hey, that's still pretty good crossover from ones I put in, and I think you know a lot of us were in agreement with the top tier ones. So, well done. And I like that we don't have a ton of crossover with what the Oscars are doing, especially like with some of the front runners. I really, really like that. Yeah, yeah I, I have to say my favorite thing about this, and this is going to sound kind of like blasphemous, but like I love that Dern and Pitt missed because it just made those two races a little bit more interesting for me. Yeah. Yeah, haha, very funny. Mm-hmm. No, I'm serious. Like now I don't know genuinely like what's going to win there in either one, you know? It's great to have diversity, you know? Yeah, I agree. Variety. It's fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is the spice of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, team. Uh, Those are our nominations uh, for this year. And with that said, I let me just quickly make sure I've got everything else covered here. Oh, you know what? I'll just rattle this off really quick before we go. Uh, So last week uh, we asked a poll question uh, for everyone, uh, which was their favorite movie of 2019 not to be nominated for a single Oscar. So no nominations at all. And I really, really quickly just wanted to rattle this off because these are the movies that, like, honestly, it's like they're going to they're going to endure despite the Oscar nominations. Like, we're still going to love them. They're still going to be watched. And I think that the overwhelming uh, amount of support that we're shown towards these movies is reflected here. So I just wanted to just quickly rattle these off uh, as the, uh, you know, forgotten but not forgotten category. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, number 10 is... Honey Boy. Yay. Number nine is Waves. Yes. Number eight is Dolomite Is My Name. Yes. Seven is Hustlers. Six is Us. Five is Midsummer. Wow. Four is Booksmart. Yes. Number three is The Farewell. Yes. Two is Uncut Gems. Yay. And number one is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Oh, wow. Holy so shit. Yes. Yeah. That's a great lineup. What? Look at that. That could have been a Best Picture lineup right there. Absolutely. Maybe in an alternative like universe, that's a lineup for the Oscars. And this week, we're asking the community um, for this week's poll, if you were an Oscar voter, which film would receive your number one vote for Best Picture? Bianca? Of the nominated films for Best Picture, what would get the number one slot for you? Oh, God. Put me on the spot. Uh, Little Women. Michael? Little Women. Casey? Yeah, joining in, Little Women. Dan Baer? Parasite, baby. Josh Parm? Parasite. And I'm going with Parasite. But Little Women would be my number two. And Parasite would be my number two, so there you go. 
a little bit of a preview maybe of uh, how things are going to shake out with the uh, MVP Film Awards uh, there. So yeah. <laughs> I'm very curious now. Yeah. yeah. And you guys have your ballots also for uh, the decade. Like I said, those will be announced uh, later on. I'm going to end this uh, episode today um, by saying really quickly that um, myself and Casey are heading to uh, the mountains of Utah this week for Sundance. Ooh. I, oh. I, I, I like I can't believe that I'm going right now in the midst of all of this, but here we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Casey, this is your first time. I'm so extremely happy and excited for you. I think you're gonna love it. Excited, nervous, but excited. What else? Uh, I, I, okay, yeah, this is why I wanted to bring this up. I don't know if we're gonna have a show next week. Uh, I'm gonna try to have one. I don't know what it's going to be. I don't know. Maybe I'll just like grab a microphone and just speak for 40 minutes into it and just <laughs> upload that. I, I don't know. You've only done that once before, Matt. <laughs> well, yeah, I know. But like as Casey's going to find out, Sundance is literally like the kind of festival where you just don't have room to breathe. Um, not because that there is no air up there in the mountains, but like you just have no room at all to take a break to do anything. Uh, it's just constant go, 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 go while you're there. So, um, I'll try to get something uploaded. Um, I'll be in touch probably with all of you individually and I'll just be like on a whim. Hey, do you have like 30 minutes right now? Do you want to just like record something, you know, and we'll see what happens (laughs) because I would like to talk a little bit about the developments of what happens this Saturday, especially. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I I can't guarantee anything, but, um, I'm going to try. And that's the best I can give right now. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's amazing. Uh, we are under an hour and a half right now. I'm, I'm impressed uh, with everything. <laughs> uh, this is one of the shorter episodes we've had lately. <laughs> well, we'll make up for when we do the Oscar prediction episode. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> All righty. Uh, so with that said, I don't believe I am missing anything. And if I am, I deeply do apologize. Um, we will have a SAG Instant Reactions episode uploaded. Once again, uh, that will be a Patreon exclusive. We're trying something out this month, people. Some of you have written in to me expressing that you don't like it. Your feedback is being heard, so don't worry. All right. Uh, but it was something that we were trying out for just the month of January. And, uh, you know, we'll resume back to the normal regular schedule programming when we get into uh, February. We have some cool stuff coming with uh, Next Back's, uh adaptation. Uh, Next Best Theater is going to obviously continue. We're hoping to review some more miniseries this year. It still kind of pains me that we didn't talk about Chernobyl or When They See Us last year on the show, which... Or Watchmen. I don't want... Yeah, or Watchmen. It's like, I well, then again, we didn't know Watchmen was going to be a one-season-and-done thing. Uh, but believe me when I tell you, um, there's a lot of stuff for uh, the Patreon crowd out there, including something new we're going to try to see. We're going to try and do audio commentaries for uh, streaming titles on like Netflix or Amazon Prime. I think that would be a lot of fun. So there's a lot of really good stuff to come. So be on the lookout for all of that. And thank you so much for listening as always. Michael, where can I find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at mschwartz95. Bianca? Uh, you can find me at the Film B and over at In Their Own League. Casey Lee Clark? You can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark. Dan Bear? You can find me on Twitter at Dance and Dan on film (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we gotta fix your internet connection buddy (laughs) it's not my internet connection it's my mic ah gotcha josh parham i am on twitter at jr parham 
And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to episode 177 of the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which I said before, you can lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you get exclusive podcast content from us, and it also helps to keep the channel alive. It keeps it growing. We really, really appreciate that, especially as we move forward towards the end of the Oscar season. Thank you once again for listening. As always, we shall see you all next time.